The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is Monday, October the 3rd, if you're watching on YouTube as we recap the 49ers and Rams, a stinker of a division game, but a very interesting one for long-term purposes on Monday night. Joining me to break it down, Ryan Wilson and John Breach. Hello, friends. Stinker for the Rams, not a stinker for Jimmy Garoppolo's legacy in the 49ers. By the way, Breach, um... Kyle Shanahan is 7-1 against your boy, Sean McVay. Any thoughts on that as you wear that Miami shirt, repping in the wrong direction? Uh, well, you know what? My thought is that that one win was in the NFC title game, the only one that really mattered. And because of that, the Rams won a Super Bowl, and Brinson's boy Stafford is now bound for the Hall of Fame. So <laughs> it is win, win for Brinson, and lose for Richard Sherman says otherwise. All right, is Richard Sherman bringing that old? Is he trying to dive back into this again? He's taking the, the Wilson talking points right off my... Uh, my little. Oh, he and I got into it about Stafford in the Hall of Fame before, like last year. It's whatever. It's you fine. and he got into it. I don't well, think he's bringing it back up. Forth about it for like like three hours on Twitter. Um, first of all, I think the Niners to win the division. So if anybody's saying this is stinking for me, whatever. I mean, it was it was not a thrilling game. I don't, I don't think I mean, there were some. There were a couple. Garoppolo played like crap last week. He played really well tonight. I think yeah. that's that's a, an important takeaway. I'm not I'm not buying that fool's goal. And by the way, you you can't have it both ways. You will, because that's what you do. But you were leaning so hard into Matthew Stafford and was angry at anyone who said anything bad about his Hall of Fame chances, and now you're all in on the 49ers. That doesn't rewrite his 49ers to win the Super Bowl last year. Go ahead, Breach. Well, real quick, before we say Jimmy Garoppolo played well, it really felt like Kyle Shanahan went home. Kyle Shanahan went home after the Broncos game and said, all right, I am going to draw up a game plan that does not involve Jimmy Garoppolo throwing the ball downfield more than five yards, and we are going to win with that game plan. And that's what they did, because I think Jimmy Garoppolo had two passes the entire game that went more than 10 yards downfield. Everything else was a wide receiver screen that he couldn't botch or mess up. 
And so, yes, well, he did not, look good. He did look good. But, but, it, I, but you say that Matthew Stafford threw a screen for a pick six. So, yeah, yeah. Well, true. true. Yeah, I'm not, that's not entirely fair to, to Jimmy G. And the fact that I'm defending Jim, Jimmy G tells us all we need to know. He made a good throw in the middle of the field that uh, I think it was to, to Kelsey. I can't remember, but Troy Aikman spent some time talking about it. And then he threw a touchdown pass to Kelsey to um, George Kittles. And George Kittle, and he threw a touchdown pass to George Kittle where George Kittle decided to step out of bounds. That was a really good throw as well. So. <laughs> I, I get it. There were, I mean, Kyle Shanahan did the right thing in minimizing the opportunities for Garoppolo to do what he usually does. Well, it, and, well to be clear, just to be clear, that I do think Garoppolo played well. I'm just not sure that Kyle Shanahan fully trusts him. Yet. And also to be clear, I'm not buying this nonsense. I expect next week he'll throw three or four interceptions or have at least three or four interception worthy plays. I ain't leaning in on Jimmy Garoppolo, but I thought he bounced back nicely. By the way, did you guys, we didn't talk about this because no opportunity, I suppose, but you see last week where the lip readers, saw Jimmy G coming off the field saying, these plays suck. And then Kyle was asked about it, and Kyle said, I don't know, and I don't care. And Jimmy I, said, I can't remember what I say when I get angry. I I, th- I thought after watching it a couple of times that he said, draw plays suck. As in, it like, doesn't draw- matter. The point is he was indicating that the guy calling the play sucks. But also, he didn't deny it. He, he, right. he said, I didn't say that, but no. But I don't said, remember. Eh, I don't remember. And Kyle Shanahan, he said, um, he's like, I, I don't. I don't watch that stuff. Like, like, why? Why would I watch that? He's like, why, you guys are making a big deal out of nothing. He's like, I mean, I don't like whatever he said. Like, whatever things suck. I don't know what he said. I couldn't exactly read his lips. It was like, um, you just admitted that you did watch it, even though you said you didn't watch it. And clear, but like, yeah, no, it was a good point, Wilson. I, I forgot about that. Um, the other thing is that I don't. I don't care about that sort of stuff because for hundreds of years there have been games played all, across all sports where the player has yelled at the coach under his breath. And no one's known any better. Like, for example, and not Mahomes the enemy. Who? Patrick Mahomes and Eric. Oh, no, no, but I'm saying before, like, you know, high school games or college games that no one watched, like, forever. Marcus Peters and John Harbaugh. Marcus Peters and John Harbaugh. Marcus Peters and Jimmy Lake. (laughs) Tack McKinley and Justin uh, Hollins tonight. That that was fun. After uh, Tack McKinley tried to tackle that guy. uh, Justin Daniels. By the way, how awesome was that Breach was in, in the stadium, Levi Stadium, doing the gender reveal, got tackled by by a Bobby Wagner. That was fantastic. Finger licking good special. <laughs> Breach got the Cowboys uh, playmaker treatment. Um, congrats, Breach. That's exciting. I, I wonder if that is going to stop people from running on the field. When you take a helmet shot to the head from an NFL linebacker, that's yeah. if they're like, so. hey, man, can you, you run you, on the field? You know, you know what's going to keep people from keep people running on the field? Alcohol. <laughs> what uh? What what? Do we find out what it said on that idiot shirt that was as he was running across the field? It was a protest. That's like the third or fourth time. Oh, it was, it was it legitimately not a gender reveal? No, it was not a gender oh, reveal. I know. Sadly, Wilson was thinking he was he was like online looking for a, a baby shower gift. Had the baby shower <laughs> gift ready and nope, not happening. No, Wilson. Just I'm a sorry, dummy. Babe, it's a girl and your dad's in jail. <laughs> that guy is headed to the slammer, and it will not be a good night. Drew that Kevin Harlan on the radio call. Are they gonna take away my roadcaster and just give it to Billy? I told Billy is? before the, before the show. I was like, "Oh, thank God, one less thing Brenton can get distracted by." Um, you know what else Billy said? As we we're gonna extend this thing well beyond what Billy wants it to be, he goes, "Yeah, when when you and Breach Brenton go at it, Breach tends not to get involved." I said, "Because." Brent, Breach isn't paying attention. He's off doing some serial killer stuff, and then he no, tunes I'm back in five minutes. Alley, like, you know, that's odd. Is there were 72 yes, field goals exactly. this weekend. And I'm, I'm letting the alley cats fight. That's what I'm doing. And then, and then when, they, when they take each other out, I take over the alley. Come <laughs> on. Is this a Disney cartoon? What are you talking about? Learn about feral cats, and you'll know who's king. <laughs> that's exactly. I'm not going to be learning about feral cats. Um, 
So well, to your original point though about the Jimmy G thing, I do wonder. It is a little weird. So I mean, Jimmy G's been on this team for a long time. Kyle Shanahan has you know uh, has as a playbook that he's used for Jimmy G as the starter for full seasons for multiple years. You sort of wonder was there a you know did he have to go back and sort of rebuild the playbook for Jimmy G's strengths based off of you know like you know he had like you build you build a playbook coming into the season that's designed around Trey Lance as your starter. And there's just a lot of different plays because you're going to be a little more vertical. You're going to involve more running. Well, to Breach's point, you're not more vertical, right? Well, Trey Lance, you are. Oh, yeah, yeah. Not with Jimmy. That's what I'm saying. Like, the playbook for Trey Lance and Jimmy G are different. Also, Jimmy G didn't have any reps with his teammates, so maybe his his, his timing was off because he was throwing the football by himself on the practice field. Um, You know, I do think that there is a certain – 49ers own the Rams element to this matchup. I seven, think, seven and one says, says as much. Yes. Absolutely. And I mean, th- there were just times where the, well, okay, we'll give the Rams a minute, but the, the I think the, the, it felt like Jimmy G was just given comfort throws here. And Peyton Manning highlight, highlighted it in the, in the, in the, in the Manning cast leading up to it. Um, Are you putting too much into having to change the playbook? I mean, all you do is, I'm, flip to the, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm just saying that you just flip to the last chapter of the playbook. I'm saying he just he's you're pulling the Trey Lance pages out and you're putting more Jimmy G pages in, and like yeah. involving short like the screen to Debo was a great example. It's a one yard pass. Actually, I know he had a um, no. He threw it down the field a little bit. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Well, was I mean, a, that's it, though, pass. But then the screen later on third and long that got that picked up forty yards was a quick one yard pass. You get you check pass. The one to you check that one. There's a, that one too. No, no. There was a Debo. There was a Debo screen oh, okay. for, for just a quick. You get the ball, you snap the ball, turn and fire to Debo and just let him run. Yeah. Um, and I, and I, so I think that I, I just think that there's, there's a redeveloping, you know, I mean, Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers and everyone had moved on, you know, Jimmy G was going somewhere else. He's yeah, getting he came back before the season. I mean, this isn't like he just showed up last week and he'd been gone for well, two he years. He didn't take part in training camp. I mean, remember he I've was off the side just like playing solid here. Yeah. But he's been there since 2017. You guys are acting like he was in a coma for four years and he just rolled into camp two days ago. Or coming for like six months, maybe. He wouldn't. I, I, I'm just saying. There's. I mean, there's just a chemistry that, that comes in. Look at Matthew Stafford and Allen Robinson. I mean, you know, he he hadn't been there as long, obviously, but. There's just a chemistry that comes into play with all this. And you have a you have your your offensive line is being changed up because Trip Williams is hurt, et cetera. Alex Mack is gone. I'm just saying, like, we okay. no, I think those things are a bigger issue than like the Jimmy G thing not practicing in August. I don't care about because he was hurt anyway. I, I I'm just saying that the 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 49ers offense, just the way it operates with the Kyle Shanahan style scheme, you really there is a little more like I don't want to sound like really cheesy here, but like a little more symphonic unison to it. Oh God, I was way too. I'm, I'm, I'm just expecting. Right. Um, I'm just saying that, like, I think. Well, let me put it. Let me ask you this: Last week's performance had that happened in 2019, you'd be like, ah, that's just Jimmy G and Jimmy G, right? It wasn't. Right, we're gonna get some of those games though. Like Jimmy G's gonna have some of those games. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's why I'm not buying too much into this. By the way, um, uh, O plus in the comments notes Jimmy G's record is 46 and 18. Stop it. He does win a lot of football games, and I don't know either. You or Breach said it at some point uh, in Twitter, on Twitter, and in, in Slack or somewhere. Uh, the oh, Prisco said this: if Jaquaski Tart hadn't dropped the thing, it'd have been Super Bowl, yada yada yada. So, um, an opportunity for even another win. So, yeah, Jimmy D does. He's a part of winning football teams. Um, good point by uh, uh, Miguel Lampiris in the chat too. Is, um, and I wrote this down in my notes: is that that the touchdown to Debo. 
I mean, the Mannings were like, maybe Jimmy threw it high on purpose, knowing the corner clerk. So Troy Aikman said, too. Yeah, yeah, right. Like, he sailed that pass a little bit. If he throws it straight into the guy's hands, it's a pick six. It felt like, compared to last week and to average Jimmy, he was more dialed in in terms of the accuracy tonight. But again, I cannot offer this disclaimer enough, like uh, like on the old school pack of cigarettes. I'm not buying it, and, you know, it is – Hazards to your health. I think the new cigarettes still also have warning labels on. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't bought a pack of cigarettes in I mean, thirty years. But you know, Jimmy G's hazards to your health long term is my point. I think he actually had the exact same completion percentage as last week. He just didn't have the mistakes. wasn't under as much pressure. Offensive line played better. They got the ball out quicker. And that's and by just- the way that. Defense balled out. That's probably the lead story. I mean, we like to talk about Debo. Oh, sure, for sure. Debo's the lead story, I think, and then probably Jimmy's maybe a, a distant second, and then I think the the defense two is two way for me. Oh, I think the defense could even be number one. I mean, they well, the number one story could actually be the Rams' offensive line. I'm talking about that's the time. number one Rams story, but I feel yeah. like the 49ers' offense is the number one story just because how much they struggled the first three weeks of the season. And so for them to turn it around, like we have seen teams destroy the Rams offensive line before the bills had seven sacks in week one. So like the four ers played awesome, but t- the Rams haven't, I mean, like I said before the podcast, as someone who's a fan of a team who had a sucky offensive line last year, you can tell when someone's offensive line is bad, when the quarterback doesn't trust him, when he thinks he's going to get hit on every play and it kind of starts to seep into everything they do. And you, the Rams could have played this game for 12 quarters and I'm not sure they would have scored 15 points. They just couldn't do anything offensively against this 49ers defense. Right. If you told me this was the bears, the Steelers, I would have believed you in terms of what that offense played because it was hard to watch, but the difference is, and, and we talked about this before the podcast as well, uh, breach is that the Rams are down to offensive lineman number 18 through 25 on the depth chart. Like they, they didn't uh, have a chance. 6.7 yards per attempt or yards per play, excuse me, uh, versus three point for the 49ers versus 3.5 for the Rams. That's a, you know, the, the first downs favor the Rams, but they had the ball longer, I think just because of, you know, how the game played out in the pick six, um, 327 yards for the Niners and 257 for the Rams. Like it was an ass kicking and it, it really shouldn't have been as close as it was, honestly. Like, no. It was a field goal. And what like, about midway through the fourth quarter? The score was, it was, uh, what was it? Five points. points. Yeah. It was, yeah. Early in the fourth. Sorry. Thank you. Bruce. Five point difference. The 49ers were up fourth and goal from the two. I think that instead of going for it on fourth and goal from the two up by five, the 49ers decided to kick a field goal. Interestingly, Kyle Shanahan took a delay game penalty. Part of me thinks he did that on purpose to have to avoid answering questions about why didn't you go for a fourth and two when it was instead Probably. fourth and seven from uh, from the seven or the nine or wherever it was. I think you go for it there because if you go up eight, again, it's a one-score game. Yes, they haven't been able to score, but if you're – again, the same thing yesterday we talked about the Rams. Just don't throw an interception in the end zone. Worst-case scenario, you're making Matthew Stafford have to go 98 yards with 1.3 offensive linemen. Yeah, I, um, I could go either way on that one, I think. It's. I'm not surprised that Kyle Shannon kicked. I. I like. I. I like the idea of being aggressive up five, knowing they have to get a touchdown anyway. Knowing how well your defense is playing, going for it. The game is over if you get that touchdown. In, but at the same time, I think it was Steph Curry was on with the Mannings. He was like they're playing the scoreboard, which I also get because you're up five. You're one and two. You've lost your starting quarterback of the year. You just lost your starting left tackle. Your team has outplayed the Rams so. Like, like you really just destroyed the Rams the entire game. Go up eight and force them to march, force them to go get their first touchdown of the night. And I think that plays a big part of it when, you know, because we always talk about the analytics of it, but the coaches also, 
you have to take into account like the feeling of the game and what's currently happening in the situation. And as we've already talked about, the 49ers defense was just destroying the Rams. But when so you I, say I, that breach, that lends itself to why don't you trust yourself? Well, no. So that means you kick the field goal and worst case scenario the Rams tie the game at 18 or at 17, but they have to go get the touchdown and a two point conversion. And then you're going to get the ball back with a chance to take the lead. And that's only if the Rams do something they had not done up to that point, which is score a touchdown. And well, to Brinson's point real quick, he said he wasn't surprised that Shanahan kicked the field goal. That was the fourth time this year. The 49ers have tried a field goal from 20 inside 25 yards. Uh, that is tied for the most in the NFL. Uh, with the Raiders, so that's so. Let me add, let me well, ask you guys just, just, one, just one more quick point on that too. It's like if you're Kyle Shanahan and you're thinking, all right, Jimmy's played really well. If I kick this field goal, we're up eight. You know, we're gonna get the ball back with plenty of time. Could go down, burn some clock, get a field goal range, and win the game. Do In you which really, case that happened, and guess what happened? Yeah, Robbie Gold missed it. I know, um, but but I'm saying, well, he, he, he can miss field goals are missed. My my point is that if let's say you you go for it and you get stuffed. And Stafford, I mean, Cooper Cup could break one. I mean, it didn't. It didn't feel like the Rams were going to go score. But if you're up five and the Rams go score, they and they're all of a sudden they're up three and they get the two point conversion. Oh, and he needs a field goal. But instead, if you're up whatever the math no, is, no, five no, plus I agree seven, with you. Um, I agree with you 100 percent on what the analytics would tell you to do and what I think is probably the right move. But I think that this is one of the situations where the way the game was being played, and if you go down three points all of a sudden after you've outplayed them, and you're asking Jimmy G to go win the game or tie the game for you. Here's the thing. I understand what you guys are saying, but either you're you trust the analytics or you don't. I'm not saying it's black or white, because when you're when you're black, you're John Harbaugh, and then you end up doing incredibly stupid things because you just trust the analytics to the point of absurdity. But I think it makes sense in the long run to air towards the side of being aggressive. And by aggressive, I mean following the analytics. Not 100% in that instance. And you guys are laying out the case for why our defense is kicking their ass. Matthew Stafford, he might throw one to Cooper Cup. I guarantee you they could have 100 series for that offensive line tonight. Cooper Cup will score one touchdown in 100 series. So if you feel confident that your guys can get after it, and you have a lot of guys can get after it, you go for it. Make Matthew Stafford have the ball the two-yard line and see what he does. I know what's going to happen. But maybe Jimmy throws an interception and there's a touchback. Well, again, you have to have the Lamar Jackson conversation with him. Kyle Shannon is also notoriously, again, as Breach pointed out. Well, that's what drives me crazy. He and Sean McGray both. But, at least, but, but hey, at least, at least, but like you said, either you're in or you're out. And Kyle Shannon appears to be out. So that's the other thing. Like, we shouldn't be surprised. Like, he and Sean McVay both are like, look, I'm crazy. They're, they're what people like to call fake sharps. Right. He goes, I'm crazy till I get inside the 35 yard line. And then I'm I'm gonna become Pete Prisco. And that's yeah. that's how it's that's how it's gonna be. I, I don't I, I I fully get embracing analytics and going for it on that fourth and short and putting the game away. You can sort of tweak it. I get that, but yeah, they, they just they're stop like we're conservative once we get inside the red zone. Yeah, I, I was not I was it didn't not, matter tonight, but you know, it's one of those things when it does bite them, you're like, Well, why don't you do it? And we we'll have to talk about it. Do you want to talk some more game theory? I'm just kidding. No, I, I just wanted to hear you say. Let's game let's, uh, let's get quickly. Let's talk about this 49ers defense because. <laughs> yes, Scott Murphy in the comments. God help us. Billy's talking about game theory. <laughs> um, uh, 49ers defense, their linebackers fly around. Nick Bosa is playing extremely well. Eric Armstead was ruled after the game. I don't know how serious we expect that injury to be. That would be a problem. Um, but th- this defense looks very good. D'Amico Ryan's probably going to get a head coaching job maybe as soon as next year certainly in the near future. 
And the 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 defense for the Niners, coupled with that run game and Jimmy Garoppolo's ability to be a point guard and Kyle Shannon's play calling, added in the the Rams, you know, look like they're not going to be a, a, an elite team just based solely on their offensive line. If nothing, also else. before you go to that side, also shout out to Halanoa uh, Tafanga. Guy's been balling out. Yeah. I watched him play at USC, and this again, lesson learned. I like him a lot more, and I was talked out of liking him as much as I should have. He's good. That's pretty so good. He he had the interception. Fred Warner almost had another one at the end of the game there. But yeah, go ahead. And the Cardinals don't look like they're that great a team. And the Seahawks. He, uh, what about that last team? I, hey, I, I already said that. I already told you I bet the Seahawks win the division. I'm just saying that the the 49ers very much after like the Trey Lance injury, the Trey Lance injury was like, well. Now we got to reevaluate. Like they could, they could be right back in the mix in a very weakened NFC, with a weakened NFC West. And Jimmy, Gar- I mean, this is just essentially the same team that that made the deep run last year. If you got to get Trent Williams back, probably. But it, it's just interesting how quickly things turn in the NFL. Yeah, and, and again, four weeks in, we have no idea what the hell we're talking about based on our preseason predictions. Right, right. But if the Niners lose that game tonight and they're one and three, and the Rams are three and one, it's and this this is sort of like how it's it's why it's stupid. We don't overreact to one week, but the difference. I mean, it's like the NC State Clemson game. Like we were like, well, if we we have this game. We're top five in the country, and like we were like everything's on the table. And now we're like, well, you know, just blow up. You know what? Blow up college football. Like who cares? Like it's all it's over. Everything's over. Expand the playoffs. Yeah, no, don't expand the playoffs. The point being is that the it like if you were betting right now on who the favorite is to win this division, it's probably the Niners. Breach. Who's the better like quarterback? Niners. Who's the better quarterback right now? Oh boy, Geno Smith or in the a- NFC West? Am I ranking all the quarterbacks? Why don't you use your question and throw us to a break? After the break, preach. I want you to tell me who the better quarterback is right now, this moment. Jimmy Garoppolo, Eugene, Cyril, Geno Smith, the third. After the break, next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, so the question remains, Breach. Gino Smith or Jimmy Garoppolo? I don't, I don't know how you question. can rank. I don't know how you can rank quarterbacks uh, in the NFC West if you look at all four. It's of actually them. really hard to do. I'm <laughs> asking about those two. I'm not asking you to rank them. I'm asking who do you want to start here? Like Kyler and Stafford in the mix. I'm like, what's your one through four? <laughs> <laughs> Stafford's playing. If, if I had in. to start a game tomorrow based on what I've seen through the first four weeks, I am probably taking Gino. Yeah! Wow. Is that what you wanted to hear? 
Gina's are, brother. Are, are we talking like everybody gets what's around them right now, or everybody gets like the same? Well, pick a pick a middle of the road team. Like, what's a middle? Look, what's a middle of the road team? No, they all get the Bengals offense. Well, yeah, the, that, the Rams and the Seahawks. Like the Seahawks offensive line is very good now, and the Rams offensive line is very bad. Yeah, but the, the, Kyle Shanahan's you know, a great play caller. Yeah, but I mean, like you know, the, everything else is the same. Same coach, same. So you know, they have Zach Taylor and they have the Bengals offense. I'm right, so dropping everybody in the in the Bengals. Uh, I'm, I'm still taking Stafford. Stafford's on the mix. It's Jimmy G and Gino. Sorry, I thought we were doing all four. God. I said that like four times. Um, this jock. Do people still say that? Sometimes I'm probably taking Gino because I think that Jimmy G is. is probably more of a byproduct. Like, if Thank you're, you. If you're taking if you're taking each one out of their own environment, what I'm hearing is that Jimmy G tra- uh, Gino transcends the system exactly. <laughs> Why am I such a? What did the kids say? Why am I such a Gino stand now? Did I, did I say that right? Yeah, when? Did, how did that happen? When um, Debo was talking up Carson Wentz. Any, when the Steelers any, didn't have a quarterback, and now you're dreaming of Gino. I dream of Gino. That's going to yeah, be the new uh, Ryan a, Ryan Wilson podcast. That's a that's a good old people joke. Only you and I get that breach. But I I would <laughs> I would trade Kenny Pickett for Gino Smith right now. I'll tell you. Hey, uh, Random. Did you realize that um that there was a new Fletch movie? Who's in it? John Hamm, he was talking about on the Manicast. I had no idea. It's called um yeah, it's supposed to be good. It's getting really good reviews. Yeah, but I mean I don't know. It's a, it's I, not it's not a, it's not a um like sorry, a, it's not a rebooted sequel. It's like another it's one of the other books that, that was written about Fletch that okay. set in Boston and I'm I'm in on it. Um so Demon okay. Samuel. Do you very good? Do you Samuel or Cooper Cup? Uh, that's a good one. I, I will have to. I'm gonna have to step off this Hunter Renfro thing. I think Cooper Cup might be better than Hunter Renfro after the last game. <laughs> you think that's, that's <laughs> 14, 14 catches, 19 targets, 122 yards. The only offense, Allen Robinson might as well be wearing an invisibility cloak because I don't. I didn't see that. I almost called him an MFR. I didn't see that dude out there at all tonight. Um, one target, one catch, seven yards. I mean, come on, man. Uh, a couple of people in the chat are pointing out that uh, Ryan Wilson, Greg Rosenthal, and Stephen Ruiz are the true Gino stands. Let's 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 be clear. No one has stand harder for Greg for for Gino Smith than Greg Rosenthal over the last like five years. Like like it's like it's like a it's like a bit with with Greg. I mean, he is a Gino. Like well, he didn't play until last year, and last year he was he was hyping Gino up like when Gino was backing up the the Rivers on the Chargers. I think. Yeah, he was on the Chargers, wasn't he? Yeah. No, he was he wasn't bad last year. He's like a replacement level, and then this year he's he's been like I think he's eleven. You were away. on the Gino here. I'm just telling you, Greg Rosenthal. But this is like his. No, no, I get it. That's just the, that's sort of like, like a crazy thing you do, and it actually ends up being true. Um, um, are you surprised at how little they are using Debo Samuel out of the backfield? Maybe Debo doesn't want that, and he's still playing he effective. Rushing, he gets rushing bonuses. I don't think he cares. But he's yeah, playing effective wherever they give care. him. The ball. That's the rushing bonuses aren't huge. They're not. Uh, I'm going to take. 10 carries a game and get my butt kicked. Uh, right. Huge. I think he's more than happy saying, you know what? Why don't you throw me a pass one yard downfield? Let me catch it in space and I'll do my own thing. I think. Yeah, I, I, no, so, that's right. He's so, he's so, so like the play where he didn't score, it was down at the one. And then they, they ended up having to kick because they, they ran Jeff Wilson once. They ran, maybe they ran Jeff Wilson twice, got stuffed. Bobby Wagner had a great, ta- Bobby Wagner, a great tackle. Maybe Bobby Wagner had a great tackle on Debo. They ran Jeff Wilson, and then they had the Kittle gets his feet out of bounds. But Debo like caught the ball at, like the four, 
and made this just insanely strong spin move towards the end zone that someone his size and like his position shouldn't be doing through linebackers. He's just, he's so different and physical and explosive in, in just unique ways. Like he, he's one of my favorite players in all football. No, that was Bobby Wagner. Bobby Wagner came in there and made sure that uh, Debo wasn't getting in the end zone. But uh, your point, Breach, Jeff Wilson had 18 carries for 74 yards. Debo had six catches for 115. What is, you know, what's less wear and tear in your body? It's Debo running running through Jalen Ramsey arm tackles as opposed to getting uh, hit yeah. by a bunch oh, of yeah. linebackers. I think that's Breach's point, and that's sure, I'm sure it's Debo's point. Like, uh, I'm good. He had two carries for two yards. And, you know. Well, I'm just curious because, like, last year the offense sort of stalled. And, they and he was pissed about it. They went to Debo, yeah. But I, I just, I'm just wondering if they're going to – I would bet that Kyle Shannon has it saved up. Good Lord. Allen Robinson or Kenny Galladay. Oh, my gosh. I run, the, I run the single wing. Who is, who is the worst receiver uh, in Bengals history? I would take that person over whoever. Jeff Query. Chris Collinsworth. <laughs> Chris Collinsworth right now or Allen Robinson? <laughs> Chris Collinsworth. Not even no questions asked. No, I don't Sorry, think so. So, so the Rams, the Rams have problems. Hold on, quickly. No, Debo. Debo's not going to be running the ball anymore, only because I, I think they'll be saving it for a big game. I think, I think if Kyle Shanahan's the running game genius, based on his dad's history, why you don't need Debo? You can do Jeff Wilson. I, Jeff I'm just you, I think that there's going to be a game that they really need, and they're okay. going to come out and have a Debo package just out of nowhere. I predict Debo nice Samuels gets zero carries for the rest of his career. Next question. <laughs> okay, I will bet you any amount of money on that. God, that's the worst prediction in the history of this show. John Ross or Kenny Galladay? John Ross. John I don't Ross. know if he's still in the league. Actually, the worst, the worst, the worst prediction in, in the history of the show was uh, Debo, our Debo, Eric, whatever his last name is. Debo. Um, no, I don't. Know. He's dead to me. The worst prediction was Wilson saying that there's no way the Steelers could lose to Ryan. Finley. That's what I was okay, saying. That was the worst prediction, right? Yeah. This next. Oh wait, did we find out if we won the? Did we win the podcast award? Probably not. Debo yeah. left before if he. Could you, if you have to ask, my guess would be. Yeah, I don't Probably. think he won. I don't think he won. <laughs> <laughs> Billy from the top rope. <laughs> October, October 3rd. We don't yeah, we haven't heard. I guess we um, just remember Debo said he had news about it. Well, what what was the worst bet that Debo made? Um the worst prediction? At, yeah, that LaVisca Chenault would be out of the NFL by this time next year. Oh, well. He's I mean, injured. that's very bad. Like, it's going to require, like... Well, the dude got traded, and he wasn't very good in Jacksonville, and he's he had one long run in uh, Scott Murphy points out the worst prediction is Jake Fromm being the number one overall pick in the draft. Ooh, yeah. Who said that? Oh! Me. Um, but I said that... Like, no, right who said that in the comments? I want to give him a shout-out. Um, so Tom is saying we won. I don't think we won. Um, Tom is trying to get with this pick. Scott Murphy. What's that? Oh, Scott Murphy, way to go, Scott! Yeah, yeah. thank you for maybe Tom not- is saying maybe Tom is saying Scott, you won. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so all right, what's your panic level for the Rams here? Well, Trey having a huge year last year—that could be the worst prediction of all time. <laughs> I love that they all know these. He's a Philadelphia Eagle now, so I know yeah, you're you you like half right. Yeah, that was a weird draft pick too. Uh, my concern level for the Rams is pretty high, not because of Matthew Stafford. Um, who had a terrible fourth quarter, but because, as, as we've mentioned earlier, this offensive line, that these are guys that have played, some of them, two weeks of football. Like, you're so far down the depth chart that there are huge concerns of not being able to run your offense. At halftime, Sean McVay talked about making mental mistakes, but I think, you know, the, the mouth said one thing, and the eyes are saying, oh, my God, this offensive line, I don't even know half these guys' names. Oh, morning, Kyle. I, I agree with uh, – we always talk about the concern level on a scale of 1 to 10, 
I would say it's like an 8.3 with the Rams because not only are you 2-2, two and two, and again, after watching the Bengals play all last season with no offensive line and kind of seeing the same thing happen with the Rams, except if you take Cooper Cup out, Matthew Stafford doesn't really have anyone else to throw. He's, he's targeting his tight end on every other pass. Uh, Tyler Higgins targets. Right. So And so it just doesn't seem sustainable uh, trying to do that. I mean, you know, you Joe Burrow had three solid receivers and, and Matthew Stafford just doesn't have that. And so he gets under pressure. He looks for Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup's not open. The play falls apart. The offense falls apart. Stafford gets sacked. And so it just feels like you look at their schedule. They have to play the Cowboys. Cowboys have, I think, the second or third most sacks in the NFL. They put pressure on the quarterback. They have to play the 49ers again in like three weeks. They have to play the Buccaneers. Like this is a rough, rough schedule over the next few weeks. Scott Murphy asks, any chance Andrew Whitworth leaves the TNF sideline studio to come back and help out his, his good buddy. No, it's, uh, it's, not, it's not a bad idea, but no chance. He's gonna. He's like, oh my god, I'm making so much money doing. Well, it. he's forty. He probably hasn't lifted any weights on purpose, you know. In six months, the thing is, he was still. He probably the best offensive lineman of the group they have that uh, of the of the backups. But the Rams call and say, Andrew, we will give you twenty five million dollars for the last thirteen games of the season. He might say yes. But the extreme version of that is is Sean McVay calling you and asking you the same question. The difference you would take it. But your body just wouldn't be able to to hold up for different well, reasons. But re- remember when? Um, I mean, and I'm not. I'm. This is not me trolling. I'm being serious. Like I felt like the Rams were about to blow out the Bengals in the Super Bowl, and then yes. Odell Beckham got hurt, and it was like the Rams' offense completely fell apart. I think they're still in this dealing with the same issues where they don't have that secondary weapon for Matthew Stafford to throw to, and in addition, the offensive line is completely decimated, and, and it's just not like if you're playing a team with a good pass rush, it's just going to be a problem. I, I Stafford led the league in the receptions last year. He's going to throw picks. That's that's what he does. He's not afraid to. to the over yeah. under was a half today. I don't know why they keep making it a half. Well, so the alternative to calling Whitworth is to call Odell and be like, "Hey man, when's your when's your knee heal? We need Can you back here." I don't yeah, think that matters. Me, though. To me, the more problematic thing is the being second in sacks than the interceptions. Like he's going to throw picks. That's just that's, you know part of his game plan. But like, <laughs> it's a hell of a game plan. Well, he's just he's just an aggressive thrower. But the the, the fact if he's under that much pressure, right? I mean, nobody's going to be good under that much pressure. Breaches. Well, like, I mean, again, like I'm saying this. That's what I've, I've, that's, I brought up the Bengals twice because it's very similar. Joe Burrow was the most sacked quarterback in the NFL last year. He threw, I think, the fifth most interceptions in the NFL last year. But to mine and Brinson's point, he had other weapons to throw to where. Stafford needs that Odell. He needs someone else. It can't just be Cooper Cup because he just doesn't have time. Didn't to they just pay that. Allen Robinson a bunch of money? Yeah, there's no. Yeah, and that one's backfiring in their face. And that there's, I think there's, that there's 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 a time there's a, there's time for Allen Robinson to develop as a as a player for them. Like yeah, right. like a week and a half after that, things are getting. If they're I mean, two and four, you're starting to get worried. Right, but you're, like you're not gonna like I'm not. I wouldn't drop Allen Robinson in fantasy if I had him. I would. Oh, him. okay. That's I already have. Dang, he's on the league, obviously. I, I just think there's a there is he done. Okay, do we? Here's the thing about the Rams. I think the panic level is perfectly fine if, if you're if you're like a five plus on the panic level on a scale. Your panic level four. I'm at yeah. eight point three. Yeah, breaches at eight point three. I was gonna say six point nine, but it's it's eight point three or thereabouts between eight point three and six point nine for me solely because of the offensive line. If yeah. the offensive line was eighty five percent healthy, then I'm not worried about this game at all. Well, all right, let me ask you guys this. 
the two Super Bowl teams, because uh, you guys were mocking me two weeks ago because the Bengals were 0-2, last place in the AFC North. If you had to pick one Super Bowl team from last year, they're both 2-2, two and two, that is going to make the playoffs and one is going to miss it. Who do you feel better about? Uh, the Bengals. I mean, I never was high on the Rams anyway. I had the Bengals coming in, going to the playoffs before the season. I think I had the Ravens winning the division. But uh, yeah, I'm man enough to admit that teams in the division that aren't the Steelers are good, Breach, something you have yet to, been a- to, to be able to master. Yeah, I mean, the, the Bengals and the Ravens are good. The Browns are, eh. And uh, oh, the Browns are not good. Yeah, the Browns are not good. They're not getting Watson back. Steelers turning it around a month from now. You guys all be eating your words. I mean, I would, I would have to deal with the Browns and the Steelers and the Seahawks and the Cardinals. Wait, yeah, you said that again? I would have to deal with the Browns and the Steelers. Oh, right. And the Seahawks, yeah, that's Cardinals. right. Conversely, though, or 100%. I would rather be in the NFC than the AFC. Also agree. And maybe the NFC West instead of the AFC North. Yeah. Yeah. I think if you're the. I mean, they're, yeah, they're the, I mean the, A- the NFC West and AFC North both have zero teams above 500. That's cray cray in the Bray Bray, as the kids say. Cray-cray. I mean, I, just look at the NFC, and you've got the Bucks who are trending down. Okay, but the Bucks are what two? Are the Bucks two or two? two, and two? two. Yeah, they're two and two. I mean, you got you got the Eagles, the Dallas. Okay, we all agree that Dallas and New York, one of those teams is going to take a little step backwards. One's probably going to make the playoffs. The Vikings and Green Bay are, are are a problem, but Chicago, Detroit, we're not worried about Tampa. I, I don't. It's hard to see Atlanta like. Really making a playoff run. Disrespect Arthur Smith at your I mean, own. Peril. The Falcons to me have this 2008 Miami Dolphins feel where they're running this crazy little offense that no one can quite figure out, and they're just gashing people up. And I, you know, maybe they were passion on IR doesn't help. Marcus Mariota. Just let me say quickly. Marcus Mariota is second in the league in interceptions behind uh, Brinson's dude, Matt Ryan. So I'm I, feeling a lot better about a path to a playoff spot as a two and two team. For whom? For the for the Rams and for the for the for the Bengals, no. Based on the conference, oh, so you just did a whole circle to answer my original question that yeah. you think the Rams have a better shot at the playoffs than the Bengals. If you're I just looking that. at the at the conferences and the record, yes, but the Bengals are playing a ton better than they were in Week One. The Rams are playing uh, slightly worse. Yeah, Rams well, Rams have two bad losses against the Bills and the 49ers, who both look like they're going to be playoff teams. But the offensive line is the thing that's not going to fix itself. Uh, of that's the problem. problem. But the Bengals have the offensive line issues too. I think their offensive line is getting better. They played better last week. Okay. Are the Rams definitely getting worse? Yeah. And clearly the Bengals have the better coach. (laughs) There's a path. (laughs) Oh, Lord. Don't say things you can't take back. All right. Um, Any other thoughts on the Rams? No, they just got to get healthy. I mean, I can't even necessarily blame the defense. One was a pick six, so they only gave up 17 points. I mean... Last season, that's more than enough points. And to win like, and the and the Devo touchdown could have been. Aaron Donald was a non-factor. So, issues. yeah, tackling the Jeff, Wilson, the Jeff Wilson thing came on a play when Aaron Donald was out. The, yeah, I mean, it's the defense needs to get better pretty quickly. I think they can do that. Um, the offense—that's a bigger issue. I, the, the, I'm not. I think writing off the Rams would be as foolish as writing off the 49ers last week which yeah it's easy to write teams off early in the season as they're sort of figuring out who they are all right let's say jimmy g stays healthy the entire season and their record ends up being like it was last year whatever that was and they go to the playoffs and they win a playoff game and they get to the divisional round let's say i don't know what the hell uh it's still you're still gonna go trey lance trey lance next year breach for the 49ers wait how far do the 49ers get 
They, get the, they win their first round match of the wild card, go to the divisional round, they lose there in a close game or whatever. I matter. think the only reason, the only way they would even consider keeping Jimmy Garoppolo is if they won the Super Bowl. Because or, or go to the Super Bowl. No, they've they've already been to the Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo and Kyle Shanahan still wanted to move on. So I think you have to win it and that's it. I don't even think that's enough. I think that Shanahan and, and this is me speculating. I think win the Super Bowl get lost, Jimmy. What if you win the Super Bowl? Jimmy throws for three hundred and ten yards and four touchdowns. So is it just a one year deal? They only have him on a one year deal, right? Yeah, this is it. This is the final year of his contract. Oh, uh, you can't even franchise. You but know, this you know. is the contract where he gets three hundred exactly. Three hundred fifty thousand dollar bonus every time he wins. David, David Tepper comes in and gives Jimmy G like like four hundred million dollars over over five years, and he wins right. five games over those five years. Yeah, just because he won the Super Bowl, the 49ers are like, "Well, we can't. You're a free agent. Go do what you want." He's like, "I'm going to go get so paid and and live in Charlotte for three years in hell." Is there any one last thing? No, can go any any division. Actually, there are a lot of divisions. Which division is the hardest to predict at this point? I mean, the AFC North, as Breach noted, AFC North and AFC West have no teams above 500. The AFC South have no teams above 500. The NFC South have no teams above 500. Holy crap. I think those I, of those four divisions, I don't know which one is, is the, the most. I think it's either packed. NFC West or AFC South. A, the two hardest are yeah. AFC North or, a, or AFC, AFC South. North. AFC North, AFC South are the two hardest than NFC West. If like you were like, if you like, you have to pick the winner or else you die. Yeah, my I God, don't, I don't want to do that. Is that like, <laughs> I'm out. The tattoo thing, except taken to the next level. Take it to the next level. Oh, like, 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 there's it's no like, tattoo you breach. Get, you don't get to get, you don't get to get weird with it. Like, you've got to, you've got to make it. To, you, like, if, I love that it's not getting weird that the end result is that you get killed. <laughs> you never die. Like, you're picking Buffalo to win the AFC East, right? You're not gonna be like Miami. Like, you're not giving just, a hot take on Miami if, if it's I'm, I'm bowing out. What's the alternative? I just bow out. That's what I'm doing. I don't if your life's on the line, you're taking the Chiefs. If your life's on the line, you're taking the Eagles. Life's Jeez. on the line, you're taking the Packers, Bucks. So I think that the three hard ones are AFC North, AFC South, and then that's actually that's, AFC that's, West. If my wife's on the line, I'm taking the Bengals. That's what, oh boy. You, you want to get you want to get down, get, down get it over with. Not <laughs> happy. Die happy. Let's get it up. Chai, yeah. please. No, nice, you, go, no, 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 you die unhappy because not only did the Bengals not win the division, you die. <laughs> the Bengals literally killed you. That's how bad they were. That's yeah. how it's going to be anyway, so that's fine. There if I were, if I were guessing in those divisions, I would say Baltimore, Jacksonville, yeah, and San Francisco. Yeah. A little biased because I had those before the season, but those would be my picks. I might take uh, Tennessee. Like I, <sighs> yeah, yeah. Bengals, Titans, 49ers for me. Okay. Awesome. Wilson, who are your three? Bengals. Come back tomorrow and I'll tell you. Yeah. All right. What a team. That's it. Leave your winners in the comments. And I'm not coming back tomorrow either. So. Death in the comments. Wilson, we'll get to Wilson's, Wilson's death best later. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. For Wilson, for Breach, I'm Brinson. We'll see you guys later. It's the most all-star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply.